Mario's first goal, first shot, first shift. Remember it like yesterday. I really do. How about Yarmir Yager's first goal or his big goal against the Devils or Mario putting up a point in the first shift of his comeback? Great, great moments in franchise history. Ladies and gentlemen, get ready for another. Good morning to you. Good Friday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports, and this is Daily Shot of Penguins. It comes your way bright and early every weekday if you're into football and or baseball. I also offer daily shots of Steelers and Pirates in the same place that you found this. Jeff Carter was the odd man out in drills yesterday. He was skating as an extra defenseman. And Vinny Henestroza was in his place on the fourth line alongside Nolachari and Matt Nieto. And if I, I, I don't even have words for this. I'm not sure I thought the day would ever come, people. I really, when you see a coach anchor himself and i'm using that term hopefully in both the real and the figurative contexts to a player like this the way mike sullivan has to carter for such a, a, a an inexplicably indefensibly long time you don't think it's ever gonna end unless there's an injury or something like that that's not what this was that's not what happened at this practice. If Carter's hurt or banged up or whatever, he's not practicing. He's 38. They just tell him, take the day off, big guy. But when you see him taking line rush drills as an extra defenseman, he's not going to play tomorrow night in San Jose, California. And I don't know if they're going to have some kind of moment before the game to commemorate it or whatever. Maybe they should. It should be a league-wide thing. Even the Sharks should recognize this. But it's going to happen. You don't go through this scene that the Penguins had at practice yesterday and not follow through on it. You don't do that for nothing. Whatever it was and has been, that's kept Sullivan from scratching Carter, it had to be really, really painful. And I I wish I was being even half facetious here, but I'm not. Don't forget, you're listening right now to the guy who asked Sullivan at Madison Square Garden late last season why he keeps playing Carter. And he became quite animated and passionate and borderline trembling. And ended up talking about being sixth in the league in faceoffs and, and whatnot. This had to stop. Not because Carter is the reason that the Penguins are three and six. Don't go that route on me, okay? Don't hear these things that way. The entire fourth line has zero goals and zero assists. And I'm not inclined to take Achari or Nieto off the hook for that. I don't think any of them have been very good. And in fact, there have been times where Carter has looked better than the other two. But that hasn't been of late. And what you can't have, the hockey team that's struggling to score. 
a hockey team that really, if you go back over these last couple of games, just needed a goal from somebody, anybody, at any stage of the game to make a difference. Maybe to just, you know, build some momentum, get everybody feeling good about themselves on the bench. Now, additionally, don't be interpreting this as Henestroza being the Messiah. He is um, an energetic, highly visible player because he'll move with speed. He'll make things happen with his speed. He's not going to you know, finish at some top shelf NHL level. But you won't be wondering if he played or not. And if you're doubting whether or not Henestroza can make a difference for Achari and Nieto, I mean, I'm going to give you exhibit A because that was the third line. I did say at the time that I felt Lars Eller and Drew O'Connor were being dragged down by Jansen Harkins, who looked like a headless chicken out there. And I'd actually heard something to that effect from the inside. Within 48 hours after I shared that with you, Harkins was gone, waved, down to the minors. And Radim Zahorna was installed in his place, and the rest is history. The three of them, all three of them, have become more productive, more dependable, more together. And as a direct result, all three of them have now made for a pretty good line. You feel pretty good when you send those guys over the boards. You really do. So yeah, this this can matter. But I got to be honest with you. I'm way, way more invested in whatever it was that would have led to this. Because I didn't see, hear, read, feel, grasp anything from the coaching staff and everybody else in Cranberry this week that Carter was going to be scratched. In fact, Carter, as I did share with you, stood at one point in front of the room and entertained questions from reporters. That hasn't happened since he's been here. He does not appreciate anything about that aspect of the job. And he's made no secret of it. What do you know? Like right after that, they have a day off. They show up for practice and boom, he finds out he's out. Are you going to tell me that Sullivan, after all this time, after all these years, and after all these bullets he's taken for Carter, that that was just some eureka moment for him on the day off? Or do you think what I think, and it's nothing other than opinion, that Kyle Dubas would have had a lot to do with this? When we come back, J1Q. Q comes from Emmett, who says, DK, I know Mike Sullivan was good for a while, but have other teams just learned how the Penguins play and handle different situations because they've stayed the same for a long time now? It seems like the opponents just know how to block the shots we put up and how to attack our defense like they've seen it a thousand times. Emmett, respectfully, you're trying too hard. The teams that just passed through Pittsburgh... Just to throw out a couple of them, 
included Colorado, which was a Western team, which, by the way, did everything wrong tactically, and the Penguins smoked them, partly as a result of that. The Senators come through, they see the Penguins, you know, three or four times a year. That's not any knowledge-based thing. DJ Smith doesn't have some sort of definitive book on the Penguins. Penguins played well for two periods, played poorly in the third. Really didn't have much to do with Ottawa. Monday night, the Ducks come in. The Ducks don't change who they are against anybody because they believe in the young skill that they have up front. And they've got a couple of good talents on the back end as well. And, you know, they see the Penguins twice a year. They had a brand new coach, Craig Cronin. So when I say that you're trying too hard, and I'll repeat that I'm saying that respectfully, what I mean is that you have to consider what are the variables that are controllable as a coach. This is really important to this, whichever way you happen to feel about Sullivan, you have to understand this in order to make the most solid possible argument. The coach implores his team. The coach implores his assistants. The coach has to put together a scheme, a motivational package, a camaraderie feel to a system that creates as many chances as possible at one end and holds down as many chances as possible at the other. So the Penguins play the Ducks. The Penguins, here we go again. You knew what I was going to bring up. Generate 95 shot attempts in 60 minutes. Or more than 1.5 every bleeping minute. It's an insane figure. The amount of time that you have to spend in the attacking zone to pull that off, the amount of balance that you have to have across your lines, or in this case, the Penguins' case, just three lines, is staggering to do that. Now, on top of that, the Ducks end up with 52. That is it. That is it. If you want to throw in the asterisk that, well, their shots are coming from the outside or they're not going to the net or whatever. That's been true in some games this season, but it sure wasn't in this one. And it sure wasn't in the first two periods against Ottawa. And it sure wasn't for the entire three periods against Colorado. They're playing really well within what the coach can control or design. You can't do any better than this. If you think the Ducks took the ice Monday night at PPG Paints Arena thinking to themselves, we've got a scheme that's going to hold those guys to 95 shot attempts, you're out of your mind, okay? (laughs) I mean, that's not somebody scheming something. You can say, and I, I noticed that you used the word you know, that they block the shots. Okay, the reason that they block shots is that the Penguins have the puck so much because the Penguins were fighting to get the puck, the Penguins were being smart in keeping the puck, and the Penguins were skating hard enough and creating enough to put themselves into position to attempt shots. 
If you think the Ducks came in setting to hold the Penguins to 47 actual shots on goal, 47 actual shots on their two goalies, with 11 of those being in high danger territory, meaning within a handful of feet of the crease. No, no, this was not, this was not something that came up in the Anaheim coaches room. The Penguins need to score goals. The Penguins players are the only ones who can take this next step. The coach could have, should have urged a more diligent system maybe from training camp about getting to the net, especially as it relates to uh, functioning, coexisting with Eric Carlson on the ice because that's his bread and butter. He's getting the puck down low to those guys. If you want to criticize Sullivan for something, criticize him for that. But it's in play now, and it's been in play for three games. Let's see how it goes tomorrow night in San Jose for Vinny Henestroza and the Pittsburgh Penguins. I appreciate the question. I appreciate everybody listening to Daily Shot of Penguins. I'm going to do another one of these on Monday. 